least with Steve Sibble from Oscar on three, when people uh, ask you what it's like to work for, what what immediately comes to mind? A family. It's like working with family. It's like working with your brother. It's like working with now. It's your brother that he runs the show now. It's not my brother. It's not the brother that I'm gonna, you know, take out in the backyard or whatever. But like, um, it's this is this is a family for us. This is and that's not a, that's not a cliche. It's not like, you know, fake or whatever. It's not some rah rah statement. We're, we're really, we're really family. Like, I mean, I was in Adam Adam Michael's wedding. Like, we've been to each other's weddings. We've been to you know we, we've hung out with each other socially. We've been to each other's. Uh, relatives' funerals, you know, when you've been to somebody's funeral, it's, or you've been to funerals together, you know, we just lost a, a former player uh, this past week, um, and a bunch of guys from here went, and, uh, and, and like, the, but, but there's, a, there's a camaraderie there, so it's really, it really honestly is like family. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Uh, we are now at almost 23,000 followers in Redcast Nation. We have surpassed North Platte to become the 11th largest city in Nebraska. We are next is up. Next up is Columbus. Yeah, we, that's it. Bus. That's it. We're past North Platte. Columbus is next, and we'll be in the top 10. So, Redcast Nation, we're growing. Maybe we all need to move back, Honky, just to make sure that we stay ahead of our... No, wait a second. <laughs> I'm also with Mac. What's up, Redcast Nation? Uh, excited to be on the show tonight. Uh, even though it's freezing outside, the uh, temperature of Husker football is gradually rising, and um, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With uh, Redcast Rob? Uh, I am actively encouraging every single high school ba- uh, basketball player in the state of Nebraska to go out and volunteer for the Nebraska Special Olympics. Um, I would love to see the Nebraska uh, Sports Athletic Association suspend everybody all at once because that would really show them, guys, and really teach kids some good moral, you know, fiber and and you know just yeah, that's ridiculous. Rob, yeah. yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, also with Boomer. Well, glad to be back, and whether we're rebooting, resetting, reloading, starting from scratch, this podcast is going to win the offseason. So. Whoa, 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 boomer. <laughs> well, we do have five screens here, Honky. It's exciting to have a another uh, native Columbus uh, person here. What do you say, a native Columbusite? Columbus Columbian? Columbia, yeah, we're Colombian <laughs> cartel members. So. <laughs> <laughs> On the Knights of Columbia. Right. <laughs> why don't you introduce uh, Stephen M. Sipple? Well, we even have a video for it. Today, we have a smooth conversation with a cool cat. So find a mixologist to pour you something full of chemistry, because it's time to take a hip sip with Stephen Sipple. So, Sip, uh, welcome back to the Redcast, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It's great to be. It is really great to be with you. It's a perfect timing. It seems like it's slowed down a little bit. Um, I got a little time here, so let's do it. I'm, I'm always interested to hear what you guys think. It's scary to be on with you guys because you typically know more than I do. Which... <laughs> well, I just want to hear that intro. It's so classic, man. <laughs> yeah, that I was. Is, I was good. worried. I got a scowl on my face. 
do I always have a scowl? <laughs> I was worried when Boomer had his hot take that uh, it was going to like trigger you because I listen to your show right every day and and go back and listen to the pot after you're done. And so I heard you and Jake's discussion over that whole like that whole scenario. So you know, I, I like the discussion. I, I, was, I, I was keeping an eye on you. That's all. You know, it's a really hey. That is a really. I mean, that is a. It's a. It's I. I don't know. I toss around the word fascinate a little too much, but I'm fascinated by that discussion that Boomer brought up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we're going to get to that discussion here yeah, and others. Yeah. And what we want is that all the Redcasters that are watching along uh, live, this is kind of the benefit of being here live, uh, ask some questions because we're going to, we have a few at the beginning here that we're going to go through some quick sips as we're calling them. But once we get through those, the rest of it really is going to be mailbag stuff coming in. So we want to hear from you. This is your chance for comments, questions. And uh, I know Boomer and I think Rob, you guys are going to be kind of manning some of that and looking at the at the the back end of the show here. So, uh, but let's get to it. Let's get to some quick sips. And uh, the first one here is: Will we see a lot of players enter the portal after the spring game sip? Um, right now, just to give a little bit of information here, this is as of today: uh, fifteen hundred and sixty-four scholarship players entered the portal since August first. Fifty-seven of them have withdrawn. One of those being. Javari Butler from Nebraska, uh, 1,014 have committed, signed with new schools, and 493 remain in the portal. So, you know, as of right now, uh, Nebraska is actually doing quite well in this. Uh, Bill Connolly posted uh, other P5 teams are shaping up pretty well in returning to production. Nebraska is one of them. We have over 100 scholarship guys right now on the team. So what that leads, SIP, is to spring ball coming up in a couple of months, and we don't think that there's a way that we're going to be keeping a hundred plus guys on scholarship. So what do you envision happening at the end of the semester when spring ball gets done? Yeah. It's not as simple as saying a bunch of guys are going to transfer. It's probably a pretty involved discussion. You put some guys will be put on medical, right? Um, you don't want to put too many guys on medical. I mean, that's, you got to pay for all that. Um, some guys will matriculate on their own. Um, and some guys you can take care of with, with, name, image, and likeness deals. So that part of the equation has sort of, oh, I don't know. There's a lot of angst right now because Nebraska, what did you say? Nebraska's a, a little 103 or 104 scholarships right now, and they got to be an 85. I haven't seen it like this, I got to tell you. It, it is, it's interesting. Some people will say, yeah, they're flipping the roster. Ah, I don't, I don't look at it like that. I, they're not. You got ten returning starters on defense, or eleven if you count Javin Wright, who started one game. Um, you know, you got all those. Six, you got six or seven returning offensive linemen, returning starting quarterback, or returning starting running back. You're not flipping those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys ain't going anywhere. Um, so yeah, there'll be definitely some guys that go in. Is it? Would it be a mass exodus? I don't envision that. But they're going to have to. You got to get to eighty-five somehow. So. It's going to be very interesting. Sip, can you give a little um, – sorry, Dave, but can you give a little bit of insight? How does NIL work with this? I've heard people say NIL can take over, but, I mean, so if 20 guys go on NIL, is it conceivable you could have 85 scholarships and 20 NIL guys? Or what, what does that mean when someone it's says – a lot of money. Yeah, it's I mean, conceivable. Does that mean yeah, it's conceivable, but it's not likely. Um, yeah, I mean, they're already, they've already done it with certain guys, not a lot but a few that they've given them NIL packages that are basically commensurate with what a scholarship would be. And you can take care of some guys that way. I like, you're not going to take care of 20 like that, but 
you can take care of a four or five like that. They've done it. So, they've done it. They've done that already. Um, there's there's walk-ons that are that are you know that they've given NIL money that's almost or equal to a almost or equal to a scholarship. So follow-up question to that because I mean other schools you know I, I remember when NIL launched uh, BYU had had one big uh, mm-hmm. sponsor. Okay, he, he runs an athletic mm-hmm. I don't know, fitness, something like that. And he gave essentially the equivalent of scholarship to all the walk-ons for that mm-hmm. one year. I don't know if he's continued wow. to do that. Right. So there's an example. It, it, but my clarifying question, I guess, is, <clears throat> is there after that, I mean, if, if your scholarship and room and board is taken care of through an NIL deal, is there any difference on how the, the program has to treat walk-on opposed to scholarship? I mean, like, is the, is no. the training table and everything exactly the same? You would never I know. That's a good question on the training table, but I don't think it. I don't think there's any big difference. No, no, no discernible difference. In fact, they wouldn't. Yeah, they wouldn't want it that way. Um, it's a good question. The training table is the only. You kind of got me on the training table. I'm not positive about that, but I've never. I can. I'll double check that, but I think it's all. It's pretty. It just everybody's treated the same. Walk-ons yeah, are second-class citizens. You know? Right. Yeah. I, makes- I kind of remembered I, on one of the tours with with Tyler Kai, our, our friend over there. I think I remember him saying that that some students have different types of meal plans in there too. So be. not every, Yeah, and so that I mean, I guess Dave, maybe that is the same thing where like maybe they they have access to like one or two meals a day instead of three full or whatever you know like and they split it up that way. I'm not sure. I, and I think they can buy yeah. more meals well, if they want to. But, so, yeah. The only reason I, I asked the question is I'd be the only th- where I could see where some some player would be like, no, I don't want to have an NIL equivalent scholarship because I'm missing out on on this or that. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's a, a I do not think that's a factor, David. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it used to be you get room and board back in the day and, and you still do in certain cases. Mm-hmm. But some NIL people are just getting their room or they're, you know, they're. They're eating, they're getting the extra money, so they're paying for their food, too. Um, actually, I thought an interesting thing with the food was uh, in Tunnel Talk last week, mm-hmm. uh, Husker Online Tunnel Talk talked about last season's, uh, one of the issues that some of the players were running into is they didn't like the food, and that was something that uh, Coach Rule, that was like an early win, him meeting with the team and and actually kind of making some changes there, but also requiring players in the process of to eat at the, uh, at the stadium because they would – take their food to go and not always, not always eat it. Now that's not a, an option. So I thought that was, from a tunnel talk, I thought that was a pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, perspective I, there on I the food. Star- yeah. I was startled to hear that. I, I always thought the training table was quality food. I, maybe some guys didn't like it. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but that is an early win for rule. This is a good one here Ooh, from Johnny, Johnny GBR. Who's former walk on when okay. I walked on back. Uh, can you put that back up there, please? Yeah. Uh, Boomer. Uh, when I walked on back in 2001, I had to pay to eat at the training table. Not sure if that's still the case, though. And, uh, you know, so that there I don't again, that's but that's that 20 years ago. Yeah. But yeah, sure. so like, this goes back to something that could be paid. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Good. Thanks for Johnny, though. Thanks for weighing in. That was can I ask, can there, I ask a question about scholarships, too? Because like so as a, when you say that somebody's on scholarship, does that mean full ride or is that like, could that mm-hmm. also be partial? Because nope, nope, I know schools nope, like nope, football, football is only for full. There's full no, only no full right. Because, okay. Cause, and I only ask because of this, because there was problems here locally at UNC last year and the year before with like 
because they were doing partial scholarships for players and pulling yeah, scholarships. That's, that's okay, McCaffrey that's, being McCaffrey. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's just a McCaffrey oh. thing. Yeah. So I, I, so that's why I was asking. So okay, that answers my question. Uh, um, you know, along the lines here, you had a couple of uh, good pieces here, and I wanted to highlight them, Sip, that you've written in the last couple of weeks. One of them here, you were talking about the coach clearly having the priorities right. Um, says Rule already has made a few comments, in my opinion, that add to the notion that Trev Alberts made a good head coaching hire. Just a notion we'll see in time. But that the, the coaching staff is youthful in nature, adding there's not going to be any celebrity coaches. There's not going to be guys with different agendas. We're going to have one purpose. There's a vision, the brand of football we play for, they all believe in. And on top of that, you go, you really appreciate what he said next, that everyone spends too much time thinking about recruiting. They don't think enough about the guys on their own team. But those guys on our team, that's our job. Perfect answer. And I think that applies to what we're talking about here with the, with the roster is that none of us today, we don't know what that roster is going to look like after spring ball. But I love the fact that we're at 100 plus right now. I love the fact that we didn't push guys out before the spring even starts, which there are other new coaches, somebody to the west of us that came in and, and kind of told guys right away, get in the portal if you don't want to be here. I like the fact that, you know, if you're treating the players uh-huh. right, I'd rather have them go through the process, go through mat drills this week, go through the offseason, go yeah. through spring ball. And then afterwards, now you get evaluated and there's going to be some guys that naturally leave and attrition then. But uh, I like how they're treating the guys so far. Well, you said something critical, Matt. This week they do start work with the coaches, and it'll be hard. You know, they'll they'll they will try to to weed some kids out and do it the right way. That's the right way to do it. Um, I've heard that the early days of Matt Rule and the way he approaches it are rough. And they, that, that's you know that's pretty standard fare in Division One college football. But they'll turn it up now. Mm-hmm. And there there'll be some guys who won't make it through it. I mean. So that'll take care of a few probably is my guess. This is a guess, but I've, I've already heard uh, that it's, that it'll be rugged. They'll turn, they'll turn it way up. So, Oh, as far as the way I, I mean, rule has struck a lot. I mean, you know, I know what people see we do when we do this, people say, Oh, here we go with the off season hype and everything. I'm not doing that. It's not that <laughs> it just, there's a lot of things that, that uh, strike the right chord with me. Um, maybe it's old, a lot of old, it's kind of old school stuff, but what he said about, we got to worry about the players on, on the, on our team. I did feel for years that in this market, we would, the, the, the players that were guys who have proven, um, made plays in big games, etc., would almost become afterthoughts during the off season that sure. everybody coming in was better. Just because, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. for no reason at all, except that they hadn't had a chance to fumble yet or throw a pick or miss an open field tackle. They just hadn't had a chance to do it yet. So naturally they were better. Drove me nuts. Still does. So when rule <laughs> so when rule said that, I, I like that. You know, take care of the guys on your own roster. That'll mm-hmm. help them recruit guys too, because they know that. Well, it's that mentality of I need my own guys in here to, to succeed versus you yeah. are my guys. The second I come in here, and we've heard that from from Barthel with the running backs. We've heard that Cooper with the DBs. We've it, you know it's an open room. Come on in anytime yeah. you need to talk to me. You know you guys are my guys now, whether I recruited you here or not. And and I, I, as a fan, that's what I want to yeah. hear. Oh yeah, it's really refreshing. We haven't always heard that here, by the way. Not like this. So yeah. Oh, I, I got a quick quick question, or maybe just a thought. Maybe it just like. 
you know, I think it was the busting with the boys interview was really interesting. And there's been a lot of good quotes to your point. And even that intro by Ed Foley talking about how the, the coaching staff is very familiar with each other. And obviously they've done this kind of twice before with Temple and Baylor. And I think what we've learned over the last month or two is every situation is different, right? And it's easy yeah. to look at Baylor and Temple and see that they went one and 11 and two and 10. And all of it must've been exactly the same. And we've learned a lot about those situations that were different. And, you know, the Baylor thing with the, this, this, it's interesting. We have a hundred, hundred scholarship players. And I, I got, I, my sense is that the coaching staff is, is reveling in that because when they got to Baylor, they had lost so many players. They were down to like 45 scholarship players before they brought in their new, right? And that's like a whole class they lost essentially at Baylor in that trend transition from Bryles to the interim to, to, um, rule. So I think, you know, having the luxury of having a hundred plus scholarship players um, and walk-ons that are contributors um, is something they have to be just absolutely loving here. Right. I mean, it's just such a different scenario. And I think in that busting with the boys uh, interview, you talked about, you know, it, it does it have to be a slow burn. Right. And I mean, I, let's not drink too much Kool-Aid. I'll, I'll give that to Rob, but you know, I think rule saying, Hey, it doesn't have to be one and 11 or two and 10. What, right. Do you feel like it's fair? Yeah, that's totally fair. And you you know what what you've heard that from most of these coaches. Now we haven't heard from all of them, but when you for instance today Terrence Knighton said, I mean, he he said we're not he said the words were not far away. He said you don't know he he, he said he didn't know what to expect exactly roster-wise when he took the job. He didn't know when when Rule hired him exactly what he was getting into roster-wise. But he says when he goes, after looking at it, after looking at the guys we got and seeing the game tape, he said the words, we're not far away, okay? Um, Rule has said things along those lines. Uh, Evan Cooper said things along those lines. Tony White said things along those lines. They like what they got. Um now, again, I know this is a hot-button topic for some reason. I think a lot of people have agendas, and a lot of it is just you don't, you know, and I'm not giving Frost a lot of credit here, but a lot of people, if you say what we're saying, they, they say, oh, you're just saying that because you're a Frost guy. You know, so I was, there's all these weird agendas. I'm not saying it because of that. I'm saying it because I respect what the guys did. I respect Casey Thompson a lot. I respect what he did last year a lot. I mean, I, not a little, a lot. Uh, I don't. I respect what the defense did a lot. Um, they they played pretty well, not great, but pretty well under adverse circumstances. And like I said, they got eleven guys back. I mean, mm-hmm. they've I started, games. They've started I games. I was literally um, just whispering in the honky's ear that same thing that you know. All that credit, some of that has to go to Frost, whether people like it or not. <laughs> yeah, he built a roster that, that we're, we're talking about all the retention. And he and hell, Rule even went out and got bets to come back. To me, that's crazy talk that he got that guy to come back. One of the best players that Ro- Frost recruited from the state got him to come back in. That that gives some credence to what Frost was doing. I know there's plenty of problems in the in the and you can say whatever you want about Frost. The win loss record alone was enough to fire him, and, I, and I'm oh, just yeah. going to leave it at oh, that. Yeah. But to me, there's no question what rules inheriting versus what Frost is inheriting is an entirely different program. And if we do have a quick turnaround, like a really quick turnaround and, and have a winning season and go to a bowl game, some of that credit goes to Frost. Some of it goes to Mickey. Some of it goes to Bill Bush too, I think. But Yes, and the rest but, of the staff, really. I mean, yeah. and, and I love that Rule has never 
gone out of his way to bust toss anybody. And when Frost got here, we were all bust tossing Riley, and everybody wanted to hear that because we hated what our record was. But it is kind of refreshing at this at this point in the game for him to give credit to what Frost had done while building on it and and moving it forward. So to me, like all the other fluff, you know, this 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 team's working harder than they ever did. This coaching staff's <laughs> out there recruiting harder. Like I remember when Frost was jumping on planes, going back and forth across the country, recruiting Adrian, coaching a bowl game, and all this other stuff. And everybody was all fine and high fiving each other about that. Right. So I mean, it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater kind of yeah. thing. You know, it's like there was some good that was done. Even though yeah. everybody hates hearing it. <laughs> oh yeah, they do. I mean, it's interesting though. I mean, the, I don't look at it. Well, I don't know. Do you you got to remind people what happened at the end of the Riley tenure that last year. I mean, it's didn't it didn't look like that this year. No, it didn't look anything like it did. I mean, mm-hmm. what were you covering in uh, at the in Riley's last year? I mean, it was a, it was a tobacco. <laughs> it was it was blowout yeah. after blowout. Team wasn't in it. Team quit. I mean, largely yeah. quit. People will say, well, that's because, Sip, come on. I mean, they quit because Eichhorst got fired during the year. And they knew. I, 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 so, so then what happens? People come up with all these gr- great excuses for quitting. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, it's like there's an excuse. But that, you know, that's what we do. But, you know, you could say, well, these kids, their, their head coach got fired. And then their defensive coordinator got fired. They had they had they had reason to quit, and you know what? They didn't. They didn't quit. Um, they kept fighting, and I respect that. I'm not when I say I respect. I'm not necessarily saying I respect Frost, but I do respect the players. And we're not talking. I always say kids. They're not all kids. Casey's no. my age. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're not all kids here now. You know that's not what you're talking about anymore. There's 23, 24 year old guys over. And a lot of them are making way more money than any of us. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, look, I, I respect to what, again, what Rule has done to not lose all these kids. Because I'll tell you something that I know we would have said, and I sh- a lot of people were saying this back in October, November, is, gosh, I hope Mickey, obviously before everything happened, I hope Mickey and I hope Bush stick around at least. Because if we yeah. don't, you know, we're starting over. We're losing all these guys. And it's a true credit true. to Coach yeah. Foley and the guys that, that came yeah. on there and talked to you today, yes. Coach Rule and everything that those guys didn't leave. And, and namely, I guess to kind of end this first quick sip, you know, we had, we did a poll about a month or, so, or a few weeks back, you know, when coach Frost was hired at NU, he said he wanted five scholarship quarterbacks. What do you think the right number is? Three, four, five, or basically other, let us know. We have over 1800 votes here. Four is the, is the number that everyone said. And the reality is right now, because nobody has quit, we still have six guys on scholarship. Now, do we think that there's going to be six at the end of the semester? Probably not. Probably guys are going to start to move around, whether that's leave or switch Somebody's position. Somebody's got to be a fullback. Switch positions, <laughs> something, right? But yeah. I think it's just it, – it's a credit to, to rule that he's kept the guys here. Now start doing mat drills, start doing off-season stuff, get to spring ball practice, and and we'll hey, go from there. What's a mat drill? Mat drill. There. Is that like named after Matt Rule? No, M A T drill. Okay. Yeah. Do they wrestle? What is? What happens? I mean, every staff does something a little different. It's you'll see all the videos and I hear people throwing that term around like we all know what it means, and I don't know what that means. I it. I mean, it's it's a little bit of everything. Is that like the circuit or the metabolic circuit? Guys running around pulling things, teamwork stuff. We don't need that again. Amazon tires. I don't know. Rabdo last time. If anybody gets rabdo this time, I'm out. Yeah, we get stuff. Garbage buckets out there to puke in. Stuff you do at 5 a.m. in February. Yeah. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, the second quip sip, I guess, since we're mm-hmm. talking quarterback there, how about the next one is, will Dylan Rayola choose the Huskers? Figure it's a nice, easy one, Sip. Yes. You know, just uh, <laughs> tell us, uh, what do you know, yes or no, is he going to become here the uh, next top five-star? We legacy? won't make a clip out of it or anything, so don't worry about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead and make a clip. This is just between you and us. I don't talk about it at all. I like the subject because it's a legit <laughs> subject. I mean, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a genuine discussion, uh, and it's a genuinely interesting discussion. Nebraska's in it. There's no doubt about it. Um, I don't say it lightly and I don't say it without, you know, I talk to Dominic all the time. I mean, it's not, I don't, and, and you understand Dominic played, you know, his last year at Nebraska was 2001 and we stayed in touch. So I've, I've talked to him a lot over the years. We, we talk a lot now and it, that's why I don't, I feel like I speak with a degree of credibility on it because we've discussed it at length. Yeah. They're right in it. Nebraska's right in it. I'd say it's I, my perception is it's Georgia, Nebraska. You know, that's that, 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 that's I'd say Georgia, number one, Nebraska, number two, looks like USC and or USC, probably three, Oregon's in it. Right now, not much else. I don't, I wouldn't say there's anybody in it um, besides those four. Dom did say someone could emerge. Um, so you watch that. TCU has gotten mentioned. I don't see that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Nebraska's legitimately in it. They're doing a great job so far, the new staff, of making Dylan a priority and making him – and doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. Dom loves football. He's a – you know, I mean, I know it's kind of a no-duh, but not all those guys love football. I mean, there's guys who play that don't love it. Dominic loves it and loves talking about it and, and really has enjoyed talking football with Satterfield and rule. So they've done a very good job, Nebraska, to this point of establishing themselves in this. And so, I, yeah, it's a great conversation. He's the number he, one player in the country. He's a game changer. Does he, they're does right he in. They haven't table? screwed it up. They haven't screwed it up. Is there an expected timetable for him to announce? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it would be March or April. I okay. So it's, it's, not a, it's not a matter of – uh, him wanting to see what the team looks like necessarily. Uh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I, in a sense, I think they do. I think they want to get, they want to continue. I mean, they, they have a pretty good in in that regard, right? Well, I mean, a commitment's just a pledge until they sign though. Right. Too. I mean, that's I guess true. You, yeah. You that's know. scary. That's a scary part of it. Um, yeah. They want to see, they want to, well, I, I'm not, this isn't conjecture because Dominic has said it on the record as has Dylan that, one of the things they're looking at is a place that has a chance to win, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Sure. They're very interested in personal growth. They're very interested in, they're really interested in him getting better as a player that they, they want to go to a place where they feel very comfortable that Dylan is going to get better and better. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. all that, all that is the discussion, and they want to—they want him to be at a place where they feel like he's getting better as a person too. 
that's always big. Dom always talks about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of an involved discussion. The, the thing that I would tell you that would concern me, and this is just my read on the whole thing from talking to Dominic, is that Kirby Smart is the guy leading the charge for Georgia. It's the man himself. And Kirby's a great recruiter. He's a he's he's a he's very oh I don't know. He's just a he's a good BSer. He's he's loquacious. Uh, he's he's one of the best recruiters in the world. <laughs> so that's what you're dealing with. And he's got the best program in the country. So Kirby is very persuasive. Those go hand in hand, Hasep. What's that? Those go hand in hand, being a really good recruiter and having the best program in the country. (laughs) They tend to. Is Coach Rule equacious? I I don't know. I think he is. I'll tell you what. I I think that means flexible. Excellent (laughs) excellent use of the word, Honky. Excellent. Yeah, just look it up. I think I got it right. You keep using that word. Rule is a talker, and he's very good. He's very pleasant. He's not – you know, he doesn't try to be slick. In fact, he said, I don't mm. really have a pitch. I just tell him, here's what we have to offer, which is sort of a pitch. But um, he just tells the guys, well, this is what we can do. And I don't know. I enjoy I enjoy it. I mean, I really – There's a. I hope I'm right. It's just a gut feel. You don't know. But I think they got something in rule. Mm. Well, I, I got – you know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just wanted to jump in really quick. Sip, you know, uh, Rob mentioned uh, your show early break and I I listened to it um, quite often too. And this last week or two, you've had Bill Bush on as your Mm co-host, which it's just been fabulous. And I was listening today and he was talking about recruiting and and Coach O and and, and he he probably has some of those same characteristics, right? I mean, it was intriguing to to hear him talk about how, what the impact of sending almost the entire coaching staff out to Phoenix to, talk to the Dylan was. I mean, that's what's been like just having Bill in the studio and some of that insight he's been giving you. Oh yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. Thinks of things. I mean, I always say football is really involved and uh, that really occurs to me every day when I listen to him, it's really involved. The, the whole thing about Ed, Ed Orgeron is interesting to me. Because he's kind of a almost seems like a character of himself sometimes. Mm-hmm. But there's a yeah. but there's a lot of depth, and and the, what Bill tells you about Ed O's recruiting, I think I think rules a lot like it. Like you heard today, Bill talk about they had those power hours. So at yeah. five o'clock, Ed Orgeron would get all the staff together for an hour, and those staff members would have to get the top guy they're recruiting on the phone and get FaceTime, put him on FaceTime. Ed Orgeron didn't want to talk to him on the phone. He wanted to talk to him on FaceTime. And it, and you and you know what? You better have your guy. You better have, have your guy. If you didn't have it, it was a bad day. Mm-hmm. Now, Rule does power hours. I mean, they, they have power hours. So I, it, I don't know. Listen to Bill. What you get is, well, you know what Bill always said? I mean, what he's always said to me, even back when he was at LSU, was simple, simple. At LSU, it's fourth and one every day. It's fourth yeah, and one every that. single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, I wouldn't say when he got to Nebraska, it was fourth and one every day. All right. But at LSU, it was fourth and one every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what 
you know, they want that's how you win a national championship. So, without talking out of without talking out of turn, Stip, did he did he mm-hmm. give any indication to you that when he got here he was a little surprised at at the structure of things? You <laughs> uh, don't know how to phrase that properly. <laughs> I think you asked it just fine there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good question. Um nah, not the, I don't think he was surprised by that. He was surprised when he got here. You know, he was an analyst. Yeah, he didn't have to do much, he said. And he did say yeah. on the air that he was surprised how little he was used. Mm-hmm. Um, He's such his, a positive guy. He yeah, was given his resume. He was yeah. surprised that he wasn't he was he wasn't allowed to do much. So that was that. There was that. Mm-hmm. So well, sit, to close. I mean, to close out a little bit of the of the the Riola talk. Two things, I guess, with this. One of them is. I've got this tweet for me here, and it's it's what mm-hmm. he was talking about with I call it a sleeping giant because it is a giant. It's one of the giant programs in college football. You can say it's just another program, but it ain't. Uh, in this house, it's not just another program. I guess specific to, to Rayola, how big of a role do you think uh, dad can be in this? Well, there. I mean, I, I don't ever have trouble answering that question because mm-hmm. all you got to do is say they're a tight family, and they are. They are a tight knit, real tight knit family, real tight knit. Um, so naturally, dads, long before Dylan became the number one player in the country, it was I'm sure it was very clear to Dylan that his dad had a strong affinity for his alma mater, real right. strong. Now, again, everybody's a little different that way. We all have some affinity for it. But you know guys that have a stronger affinity than others. Right. Dom's on a very high end of that. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Impressed that profound impact on him. Um, loves coming back. Love, loves the whole thing. Wants it to be good. He in his he he has a Dominic has a very strong desire. And for he's been saying this sleeping giant stuff for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, says it. And he says that. He says you know, so we haven't been having these conversations year after for years. But he wants it badly to turn. And you know, come on. I mean, think about it. What if what if his son God, and his uncle that. and his uncle played major roles in that turn? I mean, how mm-hmm. do you think Dominic would feel? It, it would be incredible. Oh yeah. Oh, you know he's entertained that. Oh, thought. he's played a big role. You know, again. like that's like when we think about winning the lottery. Dominic's yeah. thought about his son going to Nebraska oh, and bringing he helps us back. Ben Smith or Ben Scott come here and everything yeah. from from Hawaii. He was and instrumental. Like Dominic was instrumental in that. And I, was, my understanding, Sip, he was mm-hmm. frustrated last year, the first go around when when Dylan went through the recruiting process a year ago with Nebraska. Has he talked at all the difference? I guess to to reflect on this new staff. Has he talked about the the difference of of time two versus time one of yeah. Nebraska going after him? No, he hasn't talked about it directly, but I we talked about how the head coach, the former head coach, handled it last year. I'd say it wasn't great, and this year he talks a lot differently about it. It's mm-hmm. like it's like okay, this is what we wanted, this is what we kind of expected. Um, so so that's what I think is set Nebraska on this right course and it's mm-hmm. kind of changed the conversation. Sure. Um, that's why they, that's why we, I'm talking about Nebraska now being in the hunt, like squarely in the hunt. I wouldn't have said that a few months ago uh, before rules hired, but yeah, they quickly, they've quickly made up a lot of ground. It's been impressive. What, 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 what was the impetus of him actually decommitting from Ohio state? I mean, what, what caused him to, to pull back from that and start open up his recruiting again? I don't know exactly. Okay. Um, 
I, I don't know what he said. You know, I can't remember exactly what he said on the record. I don't think they were obviously weren't entirely comfortable with the way he was being recruited. Oh, um, so well, I know they got that other quarterback, and they said they were. Well, there's all that. I, I mean, it's hard. But I that, don't know. For a five stars, can get a little tricky. They can get a little tricky. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well. The third quick sip, and then it's going to be on to the the, uh, the questions from the mailbag here. Uh, we're going to switch a little bit of uh, sports here. Does Trev have a tough decision to make after the Nebraska ball season is done? Well, I mean, it, yeah, that's a great question. It gives me a headache, kind of. <laughs> it does. Um, you know, I've written, and I feel like it's fair to cut Fred slack in the wake of those injuries to Ben Damel and – uh, Gary, Juwan Gary, you got to cut him slack. It's only fair. But so they've played two games, you know, without those guys, without both of them. Uh, lost to Northwestern at home. You know, Northwestern uh, really was too comfortable offensively in that game. I was amazed by it. They scored on over 50% of their possessions. Northwestern. Four. Yeah, that's a lot. high. They got in a big rhythm. Um, came in and once again and buried Nebraska on its home floor fairly easily. Nebraska made a little run at the end. But, and then Maryland, I mean, game got away from Nebraska. I would have expected more in those two games. So there's this tightrope you walk, I think, if you're if you were in this mindset of evaluating Fred. There's this tightrope you walk. You got to cut him slack, but how much slack? You know, how much slack are we cutting him? Um, he's 12 and 58 in the Big Ten. It's some 12 and 58. I mean, it's some, that record's got to matter. It, and mm-hmm. it, you can't ignore it. So, yeah, I would say, and you got to, then you got to watch crowd, crowd numbers at PBA. You got to watch those home, you got to watch those home game crowds. Yeah, I think, I do think there'll be a tough decision. I think, I mean, maybe it, Maybe Fred will do really well, and it won't be a tough decision to bring him back. Or maybe he'll just spin out of control, and it'll be an easy, easy decision. I don't know. Um, but I, I just think that the the record I watch is that Big Ten record, and I feel bad talking about it because I bet. I mean, I I know. I mean, it's got to kill Fred. It's got to kill him. I mean, these law, this losing. I mean, you can kind of tell. Um, I hope it's not zapping him too much. That would be a concern of mine mm-hmm. if I were a Nebraska fan, that the head coach is affected because that's a lot of losing. That's a lot of getting hit on over the head. You know, mm-hmm. you know Sip, we uh, we tweeted this out yesterday, and I think it's a lot along, a lot along the lines of what you just said uh, regarding Coach Hoiberg. And we, we haven't made a lot of statements you know, on our Twitter or anything, but we said multiple things can be true at once. We appreciate the changes that they've made this year, and definitely we appreciate the team effort. Uh, the injuries have no doubt played a huge factor. And number three, results can matter. And we're 34 and 78 in four years. I also said we don't have consensus within the Redcast here on what to do. There's solid arguments on both sides. And uh, we got quite a few responses on, on Twitter from this. People going in both directions. You know, yes, we need to move on. No, we need to keep them. Um, the one, the one, the two times I would respond to somebody pretty vehemently would be if somebody said, well, who cares? It's Nebraska basketball. Nobody cares. I, I would res- I would respond to them. That's a dumb response. Yeah. Number two, we had one person that responded. Uh, it, it's all about the W's and L's. And I and I would make the argument that it is deeper than that. You use the word nuance a lot, and I think it's a it's a good word for here. I think it's it goes deeper than just wins and losses. 
you know, has a coach had enough time? And I think that's part of the argument. Yes, no. Mm-hmm. I also think I go back to like year four of the knee era. When Danny Knee was here after year four, the same amount of time that Hoiberg had been here, you know, Knee had the, the success in year one, took him to the NIT Final Four. But after that, the next three years, they were they finished sixth, sixth, and seventh in the Big Eight. They they had sub five hundred records two of the years. And I think Danny, I think Devaney was within his rights at that point. He could have made a move, but he also could look at to the next season, year five. Look at you know Rich King and Bo Reed and Clifford Scales coming back. You know that they had built to that season. And you could see that hope and you could see, okay, year five, I see a reason not to make the change. Don't implode it. That would be my biggest question right now would be if I'm Trev is if I'm looking ahead. Yeah. We know what the last four seasons have been, but is there a reason in year five for me to think that it's going to get turned around? I don't want to blow this up too early. If I feel like year five is going to be better. Um, That would be the question. And me personally, I'm not sure that I look at year five and, and think great things right now. I think some of the best players we have are going to be guys that are gone, Bandamel and, and Walker and Griesel. Yeah, I, mean, it's, it's, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I it, Really, with Fred, it's an interesting discussion in part because I think a, most people want him to succeed. Mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Now, I think most people do want him to succeed. Do they believe he can succeed? I think it's a that's the distinction you got to make. And that, that's kind of where I'm at. I do want him to. I like him. Mm-hmm. I thought the hire was good. I was wrong in, in some, and I'll tell you how I was wrong. Uh, I mean, there was a coach. I, I mean, I thought that I thought it was a great hire. I pushed for it. And then, then I heard from coaches said, no, this system will never work. System won't work in the big 10. Uh, you should have identified that. I didn't, it didn't, his system didn't work. He changed it completely. And now it's, I like it. I mean, I like the way they play. I like the guys he brought in, um, but it can't, I mean, can he whip it? He doesn't have to whip the entire roster around. That's kind of a – I would say that's an inaccurate narrative. He didn't have to change it. There's there's, there's guys coming back. Um, but he's going to have to replace some key guys. So it comes down to that. Do you believe he can do it? Can he can he bring in another batch of guys like Greasel and Juwan Gary and Bandamel? Um, can he do that? Um, I don't know. That's that's the question. And that's what you don't, that's the, you don't know. I, mm-hmm. It's tempting to bet on him, but here's the thing. They keep losing. The thing, the wild card in the discussion is how much does it zap Fred? You know, mm-hmm. how much does the losing affect him? Is it, is it affecting him? I don't know. It's gotta be to a certain extent. Well, one thing, one thing that I've noticed and, and I, I have, I, I'm one of the ones that kind of is pushing towards the, you know, time to move on, on, on side of things, which, you know, isn't very, you know, Kool-Aid of me, but one of the things that seems really consistent with Hoiberg during his tenure has been that he brings in a lot of guys that were, are known to be great shooters. Right. And, uh-huh. and known to be, and then they come here and for some reason they're not, I, I guess that's <laughs> the easiest way to put it. And you know, what, why do you think that is? Is it, is it coaching? Is it just, I mean, what it just, to me, it just seems, uh, uncanny how often well, happens yeah, with a I, lot I of think I guys. know what you're getting at the one area that you really look at is a free throw line. free throws yeah yeah wow. that, that's been really inexplicable three terrible three of his four years have been you know pretty bottom of the barrel last year wasn't that bad they were 71 I think 71 percent or in that area but the other three years it's been bad and it's been really bad this year Fred shot 85 percent from the line in the NBA I don't know why that doesn't translate he teaches it right 
but it's not being absorbed. Um, and you know, Fred, can, he knows how to he knows how to teach shooting, uh, but it's not getting absorbed for whatever reason. Um, as far as those guys, you know, they'll bring back, you know, probably Bryden Bach. You'd think they'd bring back Jamarcus Lawrence, Wilcher, um, Denim Dawson, Lloyd, Case, yeah, Case, uh, Lloyd. Um, now, Bandamel, um, his career, college career is over, but you can bring back Juwan Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they, there's some guys there. So it's not total roster flip again. I, it's, yeah. So the answer to your question is, yeah, I do think there's going to be a tough decision has to be made. Is that good enough for year four though, Sip? In the in the in the era of NIL and and transfer portal and all that. I mean, is that what we have coming back good enough in year four? That'll uh, be year be five excited, or five and year five mm-hmm. to be excited about because we got a buddy that's a listens to show Bella. He's a humongous season ticket holder, humongous basketball fan, and that's his thing. Mm-hmm. Every time it's it's year four. Some of these things we're talking about. In a, in a small roster where you should be able to flip it fairly quickly with the facilities we have and the money mm-hmm. we throw at it, it doesn't – to me, and I'm kind of a casual basketball fan, front-runner type. Everybody's to me, a it casual just doesn't, basketball fan around here. That's the problem. <laughs> everybody's, well, everybody's casual. Well, I'd, I'd, be, I'd, I'd love to get hyped about it, but it's oh, like it's every true. time you do, it's, 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 not very, it's not really worth the effort. Yeah. The thing that bothers me more than anything is what – is just how casual it is. It's like, I don't know. I use, it's kind of a silly example in a way, but I go to Buffalo wings and rings with my grandson all the time. And we went the other night when they're playing Northwestern and when we were driving, I said, Ooh, we might be going at a bad time. There'll be a tip off of that game. There might be a bunch of people and they're watching it. And we might, you know, it might be kind of packed. Stupid. I mean, why did I think that? There's no. <laughs> um, I, I heard you talk about that on the radio. The other yeah, day. and that's a pro- to me. That's a you know, it. I don't know. I can make a mountain out of a molehill with the best of it, but that 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 is not good to me. That is not the way it should be. Not that place should be packed. I doubt even East East Lansing. It's packed in those places, but I bet there's a fair amount of people that gather watch Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana, you know, Michigan, decent teams in the Big Ten. But here it's not even it's not I, even something people think about. I think the I think part of the problem with that, and, and this is where I don't put it on the fans anymore, when you've been sub five hundred for so long, and really the entire era of Hoiberg, we've been sub five hundred, it's not that fans don't care. They just it's just so bad that people just Eventually, stop. Beller cares. He, you he know, drives down from Omaha for all these games, and yeah. and he's yeah. a guy that wanted Miles to maybe get another chance. I mean, if, if if you look at it from like, let's just take the casual fan out of it. Let's take the hardcore fan and look at the hardcore fan. What has the program done to serve them? You no, know? you're right. Yeah, that's an issue. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. No, I'm just saying. Like, I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot because we we've had some arguments amongst ourselves. <laughs> uh, you know, Rob's like, let's get rid of them. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and uh, to your point of like, you know, this has been a restart with, with, with Horberg for year four, but I mean, does that mean that he should get another year to, to keep this going or not? You know, it's just, it's to your point, uh, Mac and, and hockey of, of like, just the program hasn't given the fan base much, you know, I mean, I was thinking about the miles era and it's a really interesting era in the sense of like, he got, he would have, if it wasn't for that run of like, winning eight or nine in a row in year two and making the tournament, 
he never would have got to year year six, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. like he just wasn't right. But I mean, he because he's after that that year two where he makes the run to the tournament, he has three really horrible years. I mean, even with good talent, they they were yeah. sub five hundred, and that sucked the life out of me. I was really excited about Nebraska basketball for year three under Tim Miles. I thought that guy was the ticket he was like we're finally going to get us back i was like he's going to win a game in the tournament we could go to the sweet 16 under 10 miles and it just like when when it fell flat in years three through five it just sucked the life out of of this nebraska basketball fan i was like man really that didn't work you know Mm -hmm. and so it's just been so long um Mm -hmm. compared to the knee eras where we just got rolling finally and it was it was so fun yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But think of that. You just said it, though. That little run. That little run kept him on for two more years. We didn't even win anything that year, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that kept him. That's what nope. the fan base is willing to attach to and embrace. And we would rock. PBA yeah. would be unbelievable. It would. If we had a, if we had a program that was we, that was serviceable we, weekend or day in and day we out. We saw No Sit Sunday and the excitement that could be created there. And that's with, you know, five of the seven years that, that Miles is here. We finished 10th, 11th, 12th, 12th, and 13th. Five of the seven years, you know, and wow. yet still there's people that to this day would say we should never have gotten rid of him either. So yeah. it's it's tough here. But um, you know what? This is I love this chalk. Boomer, let's get to the uh, let's get to the mailbag questions that we have coming in. Uh, Sip, I don't know how much time you have, but we're going to keep throwing <laughs> until you That's tell fine. us. That you're... Keep going. All right. Uh, Boomer, what do we got so far for questions? Okay, I got a few questions here. Uh, one kind of briefly touched on, but maybe expand a little uh, from Javon Van Crump Howard. Nice, fancy formal name. There must be an Ivy Leaguer. Uh, when does winter conditioning start, and what does it uh, usually consist of in terms of what the players and coaches can and can't do? Matt drills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it started. It's it has started. It'll it'll really pick up this week when the coaches can start working with the kids. But oh, it started a oh at least a week ago. I am a week or two ago. Uh, I, I mean, what does it consist of? I'd say a common sense answer is a lot of intense training, weight training, running, um, things, everything you can kind of imagine. Uh, no on-field work. They can't do that. There, I don't, there can't be a ball involved. Um, so that's about what I know about it. Yeah, and any that's start- what the, the coaches can do or contacts. I'm sorry. Any limits to what the coaches can do or contacts with players, things like that? Uh, I, I think, yeah, there's limits for sure. Like I said, they can't be on the field. There can't be a ball involved. There can't, there, there can't be that sort of structure. I think they can be in there uh, in the weight room. Uh, but I'm not even sure about that. So yeah, I don't want to go too far down. Miss, I, I haven't. I don't got the NCA rule book in front of me. <laughs> yeah. And this is the pro, you know from a timeline standpoint. Uh, it's about the next eight weeks is winter conditioning, and then as we get to what is it? Is it early March? I think is when they'll be starting, or maybe mm-hmm. even mid to late March. I guess they're starting spring ball. Are they doing something different with spring ball this year, or are they doing the the week off in the middle like they have no. in the past? Do you know? No, they're going. They're going to keep it rolling right up till the oh, spring game, all the way through. Yeah, I don't think there's a week off this year. Mm-hmm. They've done so that. This, they've done that off and on for years, really. Mm-hmm. So that allows them to kind of. I, I think it's like about eight weeks of of training that will take you to towards the end of March, and then about a full month, and then the what the spring game is April. 20 something, 22nd, yeah. 22nd whatever. 22nd. I said 22nd this year. Earth yeah. Day. It's on a Saturday. 
Saturday. It's on a Saturday. <laughs> um, is it Earth Day? Really? It is Earth Day, April twenty second. Yeah. Well, we we posted something about um, you know the uh, the coaches clinic. Mac, you and I went to the the coaches clinic for years. Yeah. And I really hope that that's something this year that the the high school coaches. You know, we heard Ed Foley today talk about going around the state, and he's been to over 75 schools himself. There's been over 100 schools. That would be that, interesting. That it would be yeah. great to see the coaching staffs, the, yeah. the high school coaches from across the state, in an essence, almost kind of pay them back by showing up 100%. in force. I mean, the first couple of years I went, and I went to the coaches' clinic under Solich, and mm-hmm. at that time there were still there were six, 700 coaches going. It was mm-hmm. one of the biggest ones in the country. And then progressively – coaching staff after coaching staff after coaching staff they just kind of got smaller and smaller for whatever reason i, I don't you know, get but, that but i would love yeah. to see this one be one of those huge ones i mean and, and it should be every single to, staff what, from the panhandle here they should they should be sending their, their people yeah. here and it's kind of funny again with with when the frost era started you you could see that they were really tightening down on that coaching it was almost like don't even try to come if you're even vaguely interested you better be a coach you better have your id you better, <laughs> there's just it was just it was a little different than Riley. It was a little different than Bowie. Sure. Yeah. Boomer, what else we got, man? Okay, sticking with the spring game talk uh, from loyal viewer Ken. Uh, do you think Coach Rule will be willing to showcase his offense in the spring game, i.e. a fullback trap or two? And Kind of expanding on that, what do we know about how Coach Rule runs spring games? What can we expect to see? Well, the only thing we got a hint the other night you heard probably on Trev's show, Trev Howard's show. Um, where he said it will be football this year. So I, I, my, I don't know. I didn't know what he meant by that, except it what it got pretty. I mean, there wasn't much going on last year, and it really <laughs> yeah. it was understatement awful. of the year. Yeah, it was hard to make. I mean, in my shoes, I would almost be kind of depressed on that day because I got to make something out of this. I mean, fans want me to write about it like it's really meaningful, and I, it is really hard to yeah. do. I've seen more competitive Pro Bowls. I mean, that was, that was terrible. Honky and I actually had a recent conversation about that, and I was like, I was kind of mad after it because, you know, I only get so many trips out to Nebraska, like, you know, from, from Colorado. And I was like, I was pretty mad that I wasted. I really feel like I wasted a trip until, like, some of the stuff that happened after the game for Honky and I, like, you know, going <laughs> to a couple, like, to a party and stuff. But, like, other than that, like, that game was absolutely terrible. But I have looked back. Um, to see kind of in like when rule was at temple and when rule was at Baylor and there is some video available and it, and it is an actual football game. There was even one at Baylor. They did. I can't believe, I can't remember if it was year one or year two, but they actually went to overtime and they played overtime because the, mm. the teams were, the teams were uh, tied at the well, end of regulation. So, well, think about that Rob, back to Dave's point, you know, when he took over real you know, Baylor, he had half the roster that he has right now. I, I highlighted you know I'm going to ask this one because I do. Point by the way, Dave. I do this all the time. Green jerseys on quarterbacks, but we have mm-hmm. six scholarship quarterbacks right now. And you know my my belief on quarterback and green jersey is if you have a competition, you take them off. Yeah. If if the if the competition's over, if someone's the starter, by all means wear the green jersey and don't get hit. But um, are we going to have competitions at positions like that? Can we can we expect hitting? Can we expect tackling? He likes the Oklahoma drill. Coach Rule said we've we've heard about fullbacks. I mean physicality. We want to win in the trenches. You know, how do you win in the trenches if you're not hitting? I think the kind of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's what, I mean, there's a, there is some reality that has to enter into the discussion. Are they deep enough at certain positions to do it? I mean, it kind of comes down to that. I think Frost felt like they weren't and that's on him. Mm -hmm. Um, 
-hmm. But yeah, it comes down to that. Are they deep enough at, are they deep enough at deep enough, for instance, up front on the lines of scrimmage to, to, to play a real game? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's that I'm sure that, I'm sure that that conversation could evolve this spring a little bit. It can't, it can't evolve because of injuries um, during spring practice. Yeah. We'd like it to be like Georgia. Uh, it's not Georgia right now. Um, so I don't know what Trev meant by that. I was, it was, um, I should, a- I should ask him. Um, I am talking to rule this week and that it'll be a good question for him. What did Trev mean? I, in fact, I better write that down. What did Trev mean by that the other night when he said it will be real football in the spring game? I don't know. Can, can you, you can't tell- be physical at 15 plus scholarships, you know, if you're never going to yeah. feel, com- feel comfortable, you know, like, we've got like 16 wide receivers and six quarterbacks. Yeah. Take yeah, them yeah, on. 112 <laughs> guys over on scholarship. They should. Be <laughs> when you talk to coach Rowe, can you ask him his doppelganger honky wants to know if they're wearing green jerseys? I, I'd appreciate that. I just see if you're really a doppelganger. Yeah, you kind of are. Well, you I've got the smock. I've got the smock yeah, on even. Yeah, this is the, the this is the official smock. So uh, we're gonna start walking can around. Can we bring up the comparison photos? To supposed to be. Oh man, let's see. Do we have that? Uh, we got the comparison here. photos. Let's see. Oh, yeah. oh wow! <laughs> see, <laughs> you look like Pete Brothers. I don't Bro. see it as much as the other brothers. <laughs> well, he's wearing a camo hat in blue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can um, say brothers for sure. Right. For sure. Yeah. We're going to cash in on that, brother. Hey, Boomer. <laughs> Boomer, what else, man? Okay, let's see. We've got one uh, from uh, Husker Nut, or maybe it's pronounced Husker Newt, like the like the band Husker Do. I'm not sure, but Ooh, uh, kind of touched on this. You know, what are your thoughts on the job coach rule and staff, especially Ed Foley, have done recruiting Nebraska so far? Aggressive. I mean, they've been aggressive. Everybody knows that. And they've, I just like the way they recruited in general. Um, they're very aggressive. They're, God, I mean, it was fascinating to hear Terrence Knighton today say there's a lot of competition on the staff. You don't want to get outworked. There's a lot. I think he fosters a very competitive environment. And people would say, oh, yeah, of course they do. That's what every Division One program does. I don't know. They don't. And it hasn't been competitive enough here. Um, mm-hmm. So I love the sound of it. I just love mm-hmm. it. I mean, I wonder – on one hand, there is a there is a concern I have about this staff being so green, no big real, not a lot of Big Ten experience, very very little at all mm-hmm. um, on the entire staff. That's a concern, but but it's sort of balanced out by the level of trust that these guys have in rule. There's a very, I mean, they are very, I mean, they're very respectful of their boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really trust Rule at a high level. I trust that man. That man, I it seems very trustworthy to me. His record suggested. Now Carolina was a disaster, but he owns that, and he was a disaster. He got booed out of Carolina. It was a it was a mm-hmm. bad deal. I know Carolina fans, and they told me, "No, simple. This is a disaster. He was terrible here." You know what? It, it didn't work. That it, it it's true. It worked though at Temple, and it worked at Baylor. Um, that's more meaningful to me. And I like the fact that Rule owns that Carolina experience. And I think it helps him. I think it will help. I think he's pretty hungry. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So he learned a lot from it. And I just like, you heard about, if you listen to Bustin' with the Boys, I thought that mm-hmm. was the best stuff. That was a great I, interview. Yeah. I didn't re- write that part of it. I actually thought that was the best part, though. The way he addressed what happened in Carolina. Um, owned it. 
thinks he can learn from it, actually developed re- good relationship with players through it. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, I think he's going to be good. The Sim, NFL you, comparison. So, t- oh, sorry, go ahead. Rob. Oh, no, I was going to say, you just said something and it kind of um, triggered a thought in my head. And, and I guess I'll just ask it straight up rule played in the big 10, right? He played for Penn state. So he yeah, has, he played in the big 10. He knows what it takes to win and play in this league. <clears throat> How much do you think his coaching staff is going to listen to him when he passes along the advice to his coaches and says, look, uh, this yeah. is the, what we're going to need to do. It's a good question. I do. I do think rule understands because he's a native Pennsylvanian. Mm-hmm. Um, understand. I mean, I don't know. He grew up in New York. I think he's born in Pennsylvania did play at Penn state. Uh, yeah, I do think I think Rule himself does understand it. I do think he's he's going to have to impart that wisdom to some of the guys. Um, that's important, by the way. I think that's important, um, but I think he'll do it. Now that again, that's the part that I wonder about a little bit. That whole discussion because there were guys who told me going into to the Frost tenure that that staff's going to struggle. Simple. Um, because those guys don't have Big Ten experience, a lot of them, and they're young. A lot of them are young, and they yeah. this is an old older coach league, and now we're kind of seeing that type of staff again. So I'm a little wary that way, but I'm not. You know, I'm not the guy though to to rule out any coach before he coaches a game no at a particular me. school because the, the equation changes. Um, so I'm not. I'm not that guy. I'm not judging these guys right now. Um, and in fact, if, if I had my druthers, I'd say I'm not gonna. I don't want to judge him till after year two. Let him. Mm-hmm. Let him. I want to see what it looks like after year two. I think that's a. <clears throat> it's hard to preach patience to Husker fans, but that's probably the right way to go about it. But you know, it's funny when Frost came in. It was uh, he fancies himself as an offensive play caller, an offensive genius. That, that you know, mm-hmm. he was he was the guy that was going to transform, and the Big Ten's going to adjust us. Riley was sort of a CEO type, but he was still kind of an offensive guy, quarterbacks mm-hmm. coach. He, he had success with that. Rule comes in, and he's almost, you know, you hear the term players coach all the time. He's almost a coach's coach. Yeah. And he seems yeah, to – he's he develops young coaches to yeah, do – Yeah, he does. And, 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 and maybe that's what we need. Like, Rule is very he's, – he's very much a CEO in terms of – like, you don't attach a system to Rule. You don't attach a style mm-hmm. of football necessarily like spread or – or I formation, whatever. It's like, what do we have for players? What do we have for coaches? What? How can we optimize, maximize everything like that? That might be what we need, but but it's certainly different than the last couple coaches we've had. So it's, oh, it's yeah. hard to say. And and his, I thought some people took offense to this. Some people, I don't know. I, I've seen I've seen the I've seen the the quote be pulled out. But when he was saying, you know, part of me is like, why are you even questioning me on what coaches I'm hiring? You you called me you 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 hired me because you're losing, and I thought, yeah. Exactly. We're losing. What do we know about winning right now? Let's get a guy in here who's done some things and let's let him run. And, and to Trev's credit, I think that's exactly what he's, he's going to let him do. And we'll, and we'll see. But um, his track record, his track record has earned him, I think, a little bit of leeway in terms of who he's going to hire. And, and we'll see what these guys do. Uh, no question. They lack Big Ten experience. And that maybe could be to their detriment. We'll see. But um, I'm not going to get all uh, hot and bothered about it no, right now. I'm not either. I think it might be, you know, I think there's there's things that could balance it out. And the sure. one of them is work ethic and youth. It mm-hmm. make, it does make sense to me to hire a, a younger staff for this job. 
I know Trev was very intent on when he's talked when you know he talked he's talked a lot about it about hiring a he believes it should be a grinder in that chair, okay? Um, that this job requires a lot of energy. Now he hired that guy. Yeah, so, yes, he did. It, so, and I think this. I'm, well, I don't think the staff is reflective of rule. So that's good. I like that. I think that could balance out our concern that just sheer work ethic and enthusiasm. These guys are very mm-hmm. enthusiastic guys. They're not. Yeah. You're not sixty year old guys. You know they're. They're young guys that want to prove themselves, and and they very much respect rule. Yeah, Again, yeah. people are going to say, "Sip, where isn't that the case?" And I've, I've come on, I've covered teams where the head coach isn't that respected uh-huh. by some of the guys, um, and I don't see that with this staff. So it's it's different. It's a different. It does mm-hmm. have a different feel. Um, but I, I think Trev went out and got a guy that will grind. I mean, that that will work all the time and. You know what? I I have said it before. I believe this job needs that. It's a different mm-hmm. job than a lot. Yeah. When, they when, haven't had grinders. They when well, Mitch I wouldn't say Riley was a grinder, wouldn't say mm-hmm. Bo was a grinder, wouldn't say Frost was a grinder, would say Callahan was, and would say Frank was. That's have you had a have you had a chance to talk with I mean, because we're speaking youth here and it's kind of like been the running joke among Husker fans, but have you had a chance to speak to Garrett McGuire at all? And like when you and if you have, like when you talk to him, is it do do you get like an impression that maybe he knows a little bit more than you would think that you know or expect him to know at his age or Rob, I have not talked to him. He'll he hasn't okay. he hasn't talked to the media yet. Um but I you know, just a lot of that comes down to your trust and rule. Okay. Um, I mean, rule. God, I was hoping you'd say yes and just kind of. No, I have. We'd be able to use that soundbite. So, no, Um, don't use that soundbite. No, they haven't had a chance. He hasn't. He hasn't gone in front of the the media yet, like Knight and and Foley had a chance today, and that's probably going to happen here in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Um, Well, Mitch Sherman was on um, Oh Hell Varsity Radio a couple weeks ago, and I thought he had an interesting way to talk about the staff at that moment. He was asked by Schmitty, and he goes. He goes, you know, what, what, what's your take on the staff? And he said, he goes, it's a functional staff. And he goes, I know that doesn't sound sexy. There's nothing sexy about functional, but what's the opposite of that? Dysfunction. And what's kind of right. been Nebraska really in a nutshell over point. the course of 20 years, whether it's dysfunction at an AD level or the head coach level or a coordinator or, you know, whatever. I mean, we've just had some level of dysfunction for, oh God, for yeah. multiple <laughs> generations of football now. So, so that idea that, that you do hear the same things, the things that Trev talked about when he fired Frost on that sun, that Sunday in September to the things that, that rule said when he got hired in December to the things that Satterfield talked about and white talked about, you know, you just hear this consistency from every yeah. level. You that hear alignment. Have, and that, that's the word. And I think, yeah. I think Bill Bush said something about that on your show this week, Sip. And, and I want to get back to that too. I was kind of curious how you set that all up, but Bill Bush talked about, the alignment from top to bottom. And I've heard Trev say that. And I've heard Rule say that. And it's it's kind of it's kind of a, a you know their mantra right now. But and I, yeah, as a Husker fan that likes to lean towards optimism, I love hearing it. I'm like, I'll I'll, I'll grasp on anything, but but there does definitely seem from top to bottom, from, from Carter down to Rule, uh, everybody knows their role. You know, Trev talks about it all the time, you know, for you know, if it was the janitor, if it was if it was the training staff, everyone knew their role and they knew how important it was to to the absolute success of the program. And that's what it was back in Osborne's day. 
And like everybody knew, if I didn't do my best job, then I'm actually hurting this program. And the, and the closer we can get to that kind of mindset, that kind of program, I feel like that's that's just Nebraska football to me. Like in my heart, like in Nebraska football, it's all focused on on a singular goal: developing youth, young young men to be great players, and and putting a product on the field that the state can be proud of. And, I, and that's that's really my bottom line. It's not win every game. It's 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 not it's not being national championships every year. It's not even necessarily conference championship every year. But every time that field get or every time that team goes on that field. I'm not embarrassed by them. I, I can trust their efforts going to be there, and I can trust the execution's going to be there. And whatever ends up happening happens, but, but like that's what's been missing since. I mean, uh, I don't even want to speculate how long it's been missing, but it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I can understand where you're coming from. The the one thing I'd add is the reason Rule feels comfortable putting his assistants at that podium, like he's done now. These. Uh, last several weeks, we've gotten through almost all of them. The reason he feels comfortable with that is because he's not worried about someone straying from the message. Mm-hmm. That 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 he's that it, in fact, rule will have his assistants be available to the media, mm-hmm. uh, which I never take it for granted. We've always had that here, but you never know um, when it's going to get cut off because it's not this. It's not like every place in America makes their assistants available. A lot right. don't. But he's I know he's not worried about it because they're he feels very comfortable that their messages are the same. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that's what you're kind of talking about, Mac. Do you foresee your media access being different with with this staff? No, not uh-uh. In fact, no. I've been very there was a day here recently I was, I was I was elated because it sounds like it'll be pretty much the same. We'll get good access. Same as Frost or same as Riley? What's that? Same access as Frost or same as access as Riley? Well, they were pretty similar, Frost okay. and Riley. Really? Yeah. They were I mean, in terms of practice and everything? Uh, it was di- – I mean, yeah. I mean, it changed in terms of how much we could view. Riley did let us watch a lot of spring practice. I think I think until the very end. He might have cut it off late. Well, probably Frost didn't let us watch any – um, I'm not. No, I don't think rules going to let us watch practice. Okay. But I'm saying in terms of his availability to him and availability to his staff. Gotcha. There'll be good availability. He, gotcha. he said mm-hmm. you can talk to my assistants whenever you want. Gotcha. Um, and that's a good sign. That's a great sure. sign. I think that's For what sure. Nebraska fans. I think it's important to Nebraska fans that they know these guys. Um, it's not mm-hmm. important to all fan bases, but I'd say this fan base, it's important. Mm-hmm. So that was good. And and again, to me, it's more about the fact rule trusts them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Assistant coaches are, are celebrities in this state. Uh, unlike other places, uh, you know, one thing I thought of, and I thought of you, Dave, about this today, when Foley got up there, uh, before he started, he actually had like a little statement to say. So when I think yeah. of like, you know, Frost at the Big Ten media days where he didn't have the, <laughs> he didn't have a prepared statement fully. He's like, no, nah, I should say something. And he, you know, he said, a <laughs> he said, I'm Ed Foley. He said, here's my statement. I'm Ed Foley. I'm the special teams coach. That was I it. Say, Hi, Ed. I should say so. Well, Boomer, let's get one last question in for SIP and then, uh, and then we can get to the parting shots. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, we might have room for two quick ones here if we do. Uh, okay. First, uh, Johnny GBR, favorite walk-on. You're projected starting O and D line. That's real quick and easy, right? Oh, dang, Johnny. <laughs> Super quick, easy. Yeah. Okay. Well, luckily, Johnny, <laughs> I have my depth chart here. Um, yeah, I think this sounded to be – well, I'll just work from the left to the right. Um, Teddy, Prohaska, I would say 
uh, Ethan Piper, mm. left guard, Ben okay. Scott. I think Ben Scott will be the center. Okay. Um, right guard, um, I'd say Lutovsky. Um, mm. Am I missing somebody That's here? Right tackle, I I don't know what you're doing at right right tackle now. Um, I wouldn't. Ben Hood. I'm not going to put Jacob Hood in the equation. He's a he's basically a freshman. So I'd say mm-hmm. Ben Hart's. Am I missing somebody? I must what say about Newley. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I missed Newley. Yeah. I forgot because he's not on my depth chart because mm-hmm. he was suspended. So Newley's prob- actually probably your left guard, right? Uh, center, center, Ben Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what are you doing at right guard? Maybe Piper could make. I, I don't know. I like Latovsky a lot. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm very familiar with Henry. Um, he's the type of guy that I think this line needs. He's he's got a scary look in his eye. And he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he, he does. He he just not. He's not all there. And, and he in a good way. I mean, it, it looks like he would. Yeah, that is a positive. Yeah, for sure. And, and he's a he's mammoth. He's a mammoth human being. Um, and I I don't know. I don't. Know. I guess Ben Hart. Ben Hart didn't play that poorly late last year. I mean, he kind of. If you look at his grade, like his his pro football focus grades, the last few games were were satisfactory. I don't know though. The, I thought they needed, you know, they needed they needed the kid from Stanford is what they needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably obviously could have used the kid from Baylor, Micah Mazuka. Um, that's the now I'll tell you something. The area that concerned me as far as transfers go in building your roster, I didn't think they got, got enough up front. On either side, um, mm-hmm. they, I think they still got work to do, and I don't know. It's hard to do it. It's hard to go find a tackle like the kid from Stanford. That was a bo- yeah. that was a body blow. I don't care what anybody says. That people try to mitigate it. Good luck. That was a Walter body House. Blow. I yeah. mean, I would be one of those types that try to mitigate that. <laughs> I honestly would because I've seen how many times I've seen so many transfers come in here. You remember? You remember Keen Green? How how dominant that well, is. He, he wasn't. A tra- he wasn't he was a never transfer, dominant. But, he, was but he came in. No, Keen Green wasn't. He was a transfer. No, Kim Green was a high, high school kid, but from South Carolina. Yeah, oh. but regardless, <laughs> to your point. I've your seen. Point. I'm still not sure about that. But I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, I don't know how many times I've been told this guy's going to play and step in right away and do fine. It, well, and the difference may, is Walter Rouse. Walter Rouse for the Pac-12 four-year start, three-year starter. I mean, at Pac-12. Olshawn Mathis was a was an All well, American or All Big Twelve, and he was. I know people say he had a better season than I think he had. But I watched the games too, and I wasn't overly impressed. If if that guy if that guy was coming to the Big Ten to make a name for himself and and and, and raise his draft position, he certainly didn't. I guess it goes back to if these guys are better at developing players, mm-hmm. you can't tell me that we haven't recruited to a level like Ben Hart's a top one hundred. Turn uh, oh Corcoran's Corcoran's yeah. a top one hundred. Yeah, I left Corcoran for Hoskins a top one hundred guy. Yeah, show me then if you guys are, are developers. If we kept Ryola for a reason. Develop them, and and let and let's see where they go. I'm I'm not putting that on them, but I'm not ruling it out. I guess is what I'm no, saying. No, I think that's if fair. If they get if they get that's better, fair. then that's actually to me a really good sign of what coaches we kept and what this coaching staff can do. Exact same thing with Xavier Betts. How how do we get this guy back? He's he's an NFL talent. Period. His his physical ability is 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 day one draft talent. I mean, he legitimately. If it, if his head was out of the game, that guy scored touchdowns, and he shouldn't have, right? If if we're good at developing players at this point, then then we should have players on the team that we can develop. But 
And Rule said before we got any transfers, I, I'm not buying into the the narrative that we don't have a good offensive that's, line. He said that before before fair. Rouse ever came and went. Yeah. No, so I mean, we'll see. I it's yeah. it's hard for me to get up and down about a player that never even played a snap. But I understand what you're saying, and I understand people's yeah. view on that whole thing. Yeah. How about the D line? You had some. Uh... Uh, I mean, it's hard. It's it's really hard to project the edge um, without seeing those guys. I you know I haven't seen MJ Sherman play um, an appreciable amount. Chief Borders hasn't played. I mean, it's just hard to hard to judges. It's good having Butler come back from yeah. the port from the Butler uh, and Gunnarsson are yeah Butler. They needed they absolutely needed Jamari mm-hmm. Butler. But man, mm-hmm. those guys were lightly used. I, I I mean, I feel a little better about Butler than Gunnarsson. They're both. I think they both have a lot of potential, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Ty Robinson, of course, is almost guaranteed to start. You wonder yeah. about Stefan when he's back, and I, I, he was, he was sufficient. Nash is in that discussion. Hutmacher, um, you know, guy. There's a guy, Ruquan Buckley, mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. so far is still here. Um, Did he move to tight end though, or or no, was he? Really? No, okay, no, I thought no, I had saw that he had moved around. No way, no, there's no way he's a tight end. I mean, he's okay. a big, thick kid. There's no, he can't play tight end. Okay, um, so no, um, so those are your guys, those are the principles. But I thought they, I thought they needed to, I thought they needed to go in the portal and get one or two, and they did. Now, Elijah Judy from AM, is he Judy? Yeah, now? Judy will have a shot, and and, and, and shot. I guess that maybe the the kind of put a topper on the 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 offseason, the development question is. Those transfers that we have, are they all here right now? Are they going through all the the mat drills and everything? Or do you know of anybody that's <laughs> not going to get here until you know May? Because that's that to me seems to be the biggest thing. If we can get kids, if we can get transfers in in January, they tend to be more successful than to your point, even about Oshan or some of those guys. When we get them here in June and July, that that's that's asking a lot for anybody to come in here. And as far as I know, all those right. guys are here. I mean, you can okay. the one way to look is if you want. You guys are very diligent. Is go to the um, the the eighteen ninety initiative Twitter account. They don't mm. tweet out that this guy has joined us if that guy is not campus mm. and okay. competing. And as far as I, I mean, the key ones are definitely here. Ben Scott, I know, is here. Billy Kemp is here. Fleeks is here. Sims is here. Um, Judy's here. Borders here. Sherman's here. Um, so yeah, and that tight end I think is here. So yeah, I think the key ones are here. I'm curious. I'm curious if like uh, on the D line too, because you've had Bush obviously, and I'm sure that you guys, much like we do, like talk off camera or off mic a lot. How many of these guys that um, are coming back that you said weren't being used a lot, um, you know, were on the roster? How many of those guys like have you spoken? with bill about some of those guys like hey what you know can you give me kind of an evaluation of what you see in some of these guys coming back this year yeah i mean there's a i, I mean, there's not that many um like examples of that i mean there's i guess you'd be talking maybe about a guy like um well you said like I, butler and and the other butler. Guy, yeah yeah butler oh jamari yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, he was fine there was a drop off though there was always they were concerned when they would take Garrett out or O'Shawn out or Caleb out. There was a drop off. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Bill would tell you that. Pretty sizable drop off. Those guys got to make up a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know Max not a big fan, fan of O'Shawn, 
but not John what was a second round second team all big 12 Garrett was a second team all big mm-hmm. 10 Caleb Tanner never missed a game those guys were I mean I they, they played I mean they were mm-hmm. good players O'Shawn was okay and then came on late um yeah he didn't have the kind of year he did at TCU he had good years at TCU. He didn't have that, but he was. But he left TCU and they went to the national championship game. You would think if you took your. I have noticed that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sit, sit. I am curious your thoughts because I, I see both the points with with a guy like Oshan. Because I, I I've tried to make this point with the offseason thing. If Oshan had gotten here in January, do you think his season is different as opposed to getting here in June or July? No, no. I mean, not really. I mean, I, I. You saw it. You guys watched it. He got – it was a different world here. Is Big Ten's a different world than the Big 12. I watched all his Big 12 tape, and it's pretty striking that you don't see the tackles in the Big 12 um, that you the, – the you don't see the quality of tackles in the Big 12 that you do in the Big 10. He, he, just, he just went up a notch, and it wasn't – he wasn't as productive. To me, it was that. Got was pushed up the field a lot. Um, but his motor was good. I mean, he's 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 a good tackler for. for mm-hmm. yeah. Doesn't miss tackles, um, hammers guys. I thought he was okay, but I just think the step up to the Big Ten is what got him. He got swallowed up too often. You know? Wouldn't you think it's probably a step up from the Pac-12 as well, though? It's a good point. Yeah, it is. It is. Although Rouse, I've heard Rouse was a. It, now, what I've heard is Rouse could be a first or second rounder. If if now he's got injury issue, he got a he's got a labrum issue, and that's a big issue. Mm-hmm. That's a big while. issue. Yeah. So he wasn't going to come now to you now to support what you're saying, Mac. He wasn't going to be involved in spring ball, so it would have been a it, he would have had to come on fast. And if he's got a bad labrum, if it lingers, that's a bad injury for that's, a lot yeah. more linemen. Right. Right. And I'm not trying to be negative, and I'm certainly not trying to dump on Oshan at all. And I'm I'm not. It's just it's just the, the tendency of. Of, of Husker uh, fans and fans, everything like to, to media, get geared yeah. up about, like you said earlier, about the next big thing. I'm like, well, okay. And 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 when we lose somebody, it's like, I I don't know. I just don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I was curious. You know, you had a fantastic day. You had Bill Bush on all week, and that guy is a class act, top to bottom. I loved listening to him all week long. Mm-hmm. Um, was having him on for a week and talking to him. And I'm sure there was, you know, when you went to break, you had conversations and i'm sure you talked to him yeah, not, he doesn't talk a lot like that but yeah go ahead but but did did the conversations with him and just having him around did that change any your opinion about what kind of what kind of turnaround or what kind of uh of season we can have next year or is not much oh uh i mean i nothing he is i mean we talk a lot so mm-hmm. nothing he said on the show really impacted it we talked during the season a lot i should i mean a lot of off the record stuff. So nothing he has said in the last couple of weeks has changed what I thought. Okay. He likes those guys. He they yeah. played hard for him. I told that story, not story, but he shared that vignette about which was really impactful to me. Now he hadn't told me this. When he told it on the air, I was I, I, that was the first time I'd heard it that the Iowa walkthrough, when he put oh, his yeah. defense through the walkthrough the morning of the Iowa game in the team hotel. He said it was a ch- national championship level walkthrough that those guys were so dialed in, um, and that's where I really push back on this. You know, you'll hear a lot of media say how oh, the program was in shambles, um, mm-hmm. train wreck. It doesn't 
that doesn't suggest that the program was in shambles. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they had a national championship walkthrough before the last game and beat the beat the Big Ten West leader on their home field. I mean, I know you could. I know what 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 ensues in that conversation is. Yeah, Frost was sixteen and thirty-one, or whatever the hell he was. Yeah, it's true. The record's the record, but no, Bill thinks they have a good. He he, he thinks those kids are good kids, mm-hmm. tough kids. The return and a lot of those guys, come on, man. I mean, a lot of these guys come back are good players. I agree. I, I, I there are some deficiencies up front I worry about. Uh, both inside linebackers are injury prone. They got to get depth behind mm-hmm. Reimer and Henrich. Mm-hmm. Um, they got their edges. You know, you wonder about the edge a little bit. It's yeah, Those guys, they lost three good players there. Man, they're good in the secondary, though. That's yeah. That was that was a great exchange because I listened to that one too, and I appreciated that you kind of pushed him on. What what does that even mean? What's a great walkthrough? Yeah, because because to me it's the same thing as like, you know, we had a great game plan. I'm like, what's a game plan? I mean, what is really? (laughs) Tell me what that means. I I don't know. Did have a good answer. He did have a good answer. Yeah, that was a great exchange. You that was it. That was this last week when you had him. That was a fantastic week of of early break. Yeah, I think we're gonna keep having him on. I mean, hit the. What happened was Bill, we've always talked about doing a show. And, you know, his wife, I don't think his wife, I, I think he wants to stay around here. Um, and he doesn't, you know, he coached at LSU and his wife lived here. And I don't think they wanted to do that anymore. Um, so now I think he'll stick around here. God, I wish he would. Um, not to coach, but to be on the radio. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know for sure how it's going to work. I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of turn. Um, we're just kind of doing it. I, I don't know. There's there's different options here, but we, we always uh, me and Bill had talked for a few years about doing shows. So that's what we're doing. It, that's awesome. It was, still, great, it was a great week. It, are, are those Bill Bush's uh, reading glasses you have on? I love yeah. that story. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, the 52, you know what? 52 you know what pairs are, of glasses. I don't know if you see those little trinkets on there. Um, they are like they're bedazzled. Yeah, they did crack me up when you said yeah. you stirred your coffee with your glasses. Yeah, I, could, I, could, here, I, could, I could put these on. I got pink ones. <laughs> there, there's the pink ones. I was saying you said I have yeah. pink ones, turquoise ones. How about this? Ones. Does this? Will this look good? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a listener that they, he gave us gifts. Um, Toothless Dave, he brought in Patron. For me, and uh, he's heard me talk about how I lose my glasses. I was down to one, so he gave me a bag of, he gave me a bag of readers, some of which are effective and not pink. <laughs> um, so yeah, that um, yeah, Toothless Dave brought some pretty elaborate gifts. In. Yeah. Well, so which, which one of you has had the same pair of readers for like? 20 years or was that was that you or is that bill like that has the same pair i mean i have or? it wasn't bill because bill's got like literally 200 readers um, <laughs> and i see what happened he has 200 <laughs> and i was literally down to one pair anybody yeah. who wears readers understand that you lose them a lot you know bill keeps them he has like several in his truck several in each room um i i usually would do that but i just lose them i just tend to lose them or break them or whatever and i was literally down to one pair and i but i've made it work for several weeks i mean i kept the pair for several which it's been amazing i, I said i'm gonna treat these like they're real glasses not <laughs> right. um so then toothless heard it and i now i got a bag of them which is good 
Well, Sip, really appreciate you taking time here this week. Um, yeah. Just want to give a prep to a couple of our upcoming shows next week, Monday, February 6th at 8 p.m. We have Tyler Kai, the associate TK. AD of uh, Leadership Gifts Capital Project. He'll be on uh, the next night, uh, Tuesday, Whoa. February 7th at 8 p.m. We welcome Troy Dumas, all-conference linebacker, national champ from 94 and Husker fan to the uh, fan forum. And uh, the following Wednesday, February 15th at 8 p.m., we'll have Adam McClintock, uh, a co-founder of Matrix Ooh. Analytical, the college football professor. One of my favorite John Wayne movies. He, he will be on as well. So uh, <laughs> uh, a very good uh, crew of uh, upcoming shows coming. And then also, if you like this, ring the bell for the Red Cast. Click subscribe, ring it, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, we, we want to get as many people following, subscribing. We really appreciate it. Uh, and thank you to everyone that's been following. Dave, I think it's, I think it's time for a little bit of pardon shots. All right. Um, are we going to save Sip for last? Is that right? Yeah, Sip, Sip gets the last one. All right. Let's start off uh, let's start off hot with Redcast Rob. Well, I guess mine, mine isn't so much as like a, uh, well, I guess parting shot, but, you know, Sip, I, I have to tell you how much, you know, I appreciate you and your relationship here with the Redcast, you know, yeah. and, you know, when I saw you out in New Jersey, you know, mm-hmm. you treated me like I belong there. You treated, you know, you were you were super nice about everything. Answered all my questions that I had while I was, while I was, you know, kind of trying to fumble my way through the press box. You were doing just fine. Down on the field. You were doing just fine. And and I appreciate that, you know. And it, and then you know after the game, you and I sat and talked for a little while afterwards. And and you know, it's you have provided an element of legitimacy to the red cast by your, on your own, just by being oh, here. And, and you. you have, and you have actually helped me in a lot of ways and, and given me some words of advice that I absolutely appreciate. And so I just want to thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. And it was nice seeing you out there. And I, and I really appreciate being on with you guys. And God knows Rob needs all the help he can get. So <laughs> you just had to do it. Didn't you, Dave? <laughs> hopefully we'll see you. Hopefully we'll see you in uh, Minnesota honky and I will. And then, um, We'll also, you know, the next week you're in my backyard. So yeah, Dave, yeah, you better Rob be yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. I was gonna say, if you uh, if you come out here, man, I would love to. You know, I know Dave and I would love to. Uh, you know, treat you to some Colorado local, fa- you know, fanfare and, and fanfare. That sounds good. Good euphemism there, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's uh, all right, Boomer, what do you got for us? Uh, just a couple quick things. Uh, first off, a subject we'll probably touch on more in the off season. Uh, there was a good article today about the NCAA and NIL, um, how they're going to be looking a little more deeply using circumstantial (laughs) evidence to kind of go after programs and things like that. So I just want to give an early warning to programs like Stetson and Binghamton. The NCAA is going to be really looked to crack down on somebody. It's like (laughs) your hundred dollar, you know, NIL deals and whatever you got. And then uh, my second quick take, uh, you know, everyone knows pro wrestling and Australian rules football are two of the big passions of the red cast, but our third other side venture is fencing. I did have a Fun weekend at the local Lincoln Fencing uh, Club had their Icicle Invitational. A lot of good fencers out, and I spent some time talking to the University of Iowa Fencing Club. And, you know, despite them being Hawkeyes, they were a pretty good bunch, and they did pretty well for themselves. And it was fun to learn that the University of Wisconsin Fencing Club are full of a bunch of whiny jerks. So, according to Iowa, that's great. Uh, Mac, um, I, I, I want to echo what what rob said and i want to thank sip for entertaining rob out there he can be difficult and and, 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 you know we all kind of smile and nod when he says things he thinks are funny and they're not but you know and 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 for you not to tear him down publicly i do truly appreciate and beyond that 
I mean, you're a Columbus guy, and and you're you're right around our age. I really appreciate in the, in the in the in this age of youth being driving the market as somebody who's not. The thing I like the most about you, Sip, is you never say anything with absolute certainty. Like you know when you don't. No, but yeah. I mean, I I say that in, in with with real respect. You don't pretend to know when you don't know. Right. And I feel like that's that's a thing that happens a lot with the media. And 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 I've always honk and I've talked about this all the time. Sip always leaves a little headroom. He always he always gives himself a little wiggle room. And I and that's that's why we've always enjoyed you. That's why when we started this, you were a priority to get on here. Well, because thank we both you. respected your opinion so much. Uh, being from Columbus is a bonus, but I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. No, yeah, the Columbus the thing right. is big to me. I, I mean, it is. You guys are from the, my hometown, and that's important to me. If they are mostly SCOTUS guys, Sip, you know. That's fine. Hey, hey. That's fine. I'm Catholic. I'm so I'm, hey, my there mom fought hard for us to go to SCOTUS. My dad vetoed it. <laughs> Smart man. Smart man, Mr. Sipple. Hey, uh, uh, I'm a high guy, too. Uh, Redcast Honky, what do you got, man? Uh, well, this is an all-time first. Normally, when I do tweets of the week, it's in reference to one that we've already <laughs> sent out this is actually a preview of what will be going out in about two and a half hours happy birthday wishes january 31st will go out to coach rule so redcast nation everyone out there you know send your birthday wishes mm-hmm. to the new coach uh he will be 48 i believe years yep. young, young tomorrow so young. it's still younger my, than me yeah it's my wife's birthday as well tomorrow so i should probably remember to, to do something for her as well but uh <laughs> There's a good, I mean, there's a good chance Coach Rule might get flowers before she does, but uh, that's more my problem. Uh, we love you, Kathy. So, anyways, happy uh, birthday, Kathy and Coach Rule. I'm waking up at 5 a.m. to text her before you even say it to her, honk you. Yeah, that's all I know. There we go. All right, Sip, you have the honors. Get us out of here. Okay, well, I always forget Turner Corcoran, I, so I, I, I'm going to use this to <laughs> – you know, when I said my offensive line, I always forget him for some reason. I don't know exactly where he's going to play, but you could shift him over to right tackle, certainly, which is maybe that's probably what I should have said. Um, but also, thank you, guys. This is I mean, we did this for an hour and a half and I would say it goes very fast. I keep I mean, I like listening to you guys. I don't go on every podcast that asks. So. Um, I, I, you know, I like coming on with you guys. It's fun. We'll do it again. OK, appreciate it. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Okay, All guys. right, guys. That was a lot of fun. That was a blast of a show. Um, hopefully, we'll have Sip on again. Um, definitely before, um, you know, maybe next season. So, for now, we got a bunch of great shows coming up in the next few weeks. We'll look forward to that. And let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Take care, Grid. Heard at Sports Network Production.